0: morning, everyone. I want you to imagine this morning that you and I are sitting at a coffee shop. Don't worry, we're outside and we're, we're socially distanced from each other. I'll wear a mask if you, if you want me to in this imagination. But imagine we're just sitting there, face to face, across the table from each other, no one else around. How are you doing? How's, how's life been treating you? How have you been holding up? For me the pandemic kinda came at a very strange time in my life where last year middle of the year or so I went to the ER actually I was in the hospital with a high heart rate and I was having trouble breathing and I was having basically my first serious anxiety attack, and I wasn't sure how I was going to do. I actually really, literally thought I was, I was on death's door. And I went to the cardiologist later, and, and they checked me out, and they said, everything's fine. You're OK, but, but you probably need to start managing your stress a little bit better. Like, that's an understatement for sure. Then we get to the pandemic. And the symptoms of coronavirus actually look very similar to those kinds of symptoms one might experience during an anxiety attack, which kind of made all the, all the more serious this, this pandemic, all the more personal for me. And so I made it my, my role to stay socially distanced and make sure that I'm, I'm staying safe now. But even in the last few months, my grandma died. Sherilyn's grandfather died, and even as we, as we speak right now, her grandma is in the hospital with COVID, and, and she just had a heart attack while she was there, too. And all of this, as this kind of year has just seemed to snowball on itself and never seems to let up, I'm still doing well. I still have hope. I still have peace during this time and there's a reason why i have peace during this time there's a reason why i have hope it's not some pollyanna ignoring the realities of life and the difficulties that are going on right now but i have hope because of a verse or a series of verses in 2 corinthians chapter four that i've been thinking about a lot over the past year even before the pandemic but even even in these last few months a lot and so I want to study from that and it fits in nicely to our time in our reading plan because next week we're starting the book of 2nd Corinthians and we'll get on Thursday into chapter 4 and so kind of priming the pump a little bit for some of the things that we'll be reading in the upcoming week Paul's letter in 2nd Corinthians really is a vulnerable letter he opens up about himself in ways that we don't see very often with his writings. He kind of lays it all on the table and tells, tells the Corinthian church some of his great weaknesses, some of his great struggles and difficulties. And so, as we sort of sit across the table from each other, how, how are you doing this year? Has life just seemed to pile on and, and consume you? And are you feeling broken? Are you feeling frail and weak? Are you feeling like your body is just insufficient and not not able to withstand what's been going on this year? The, The point that Paul gets at here is that we can be, in this difficult life that we live, we can be unbroken vessels. We can experience the difficulties of this life. We can experience all of the pain and suffering and weakness that life will throw at us, but we can come through it on the other side unbroken, and that's important. That's important not just mentally, but that's important in the day-to-day way that I live, and the thing that shores me up helps me to focus on what's most important in life and move beyond all the difficulties that I, and maybe you, experience. So let's begin here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse 6. This picks up in the, in the middle of this context. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is really the beginning here. He's talking about not losing heart and how the gospel is really this glorious light that God shines into our lives. And so in verse 6, he says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. That's the word that I keep thinking about, jars of clay. I keep thinking about that this year. I keep thinking about that even before the pandemic began and some of the issues that I was struggling with personally. This body that I live in, the body that you live in, is a jar of clay. And I think weakness, as we start to settle into our weakness, as we start to acknowledge our physical and and mental weaknesses sometimes, I think those weaknesses help build trust. And that's what we see here in these verses. They help build our trust in God. Notice here, and just kind of settle into this fact in verse 6, That it is the God who said, Let there be light, who spoke and turned his light into your heart, into my heart, illuminating the darkness of our hearts to know Jesus. That's what God has done for us. He's pointed his light into our darkened hearts to help us know Jesus, to understand who Jesus is, and as our goals have been focused on this year. That's what we've been doing. That's what we've been trying to do this year is to to really experience the fullness of Christ, know Christ better. And that is the treasure that we have within our hearts. That's what he says in verse 6. This treasure is this light that shines giving us the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We learn about God and his glory the more we know and understand about who Jesus is. But, While we've been given such a great treasure, where is this treasure? It's in a jar of clay. That's not where we typically put treasures, is it? You might have a big safe at home. You might have a a vault that you put your things into. You might have some safety deposit box in the bank where you put something that you treasure and value. Where does God put the greatest treasure that could ever exist? Where does he put it? In a jar of clay. He puts it within our hearts. And that is meaningful, that is powerful, and there's a reason why he does that. He does that so that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Every time somebody around me dies, every time my heart rate starts to get higher and higher and I begin to become anxious, every time I wake up in the morning and my back aches. I just turned 38, and I'm now dealing with back problems. (laughs) I know, it's going to get worse. It's all downhill from here. But every time we think about our physical bodies, don't you view it as a jar of clay? Like an ordinary beat-up vessel that you have at home, just a a dish or a jar. It's like Corel, if you know Corel. It's not the fancy stuff. It's not the, the strongest stuff. It's just the stuff you use every day. It's a, it's a jar of clay. And in other translations, it's talked about as, as an earthen vessel, which I think brings a different connotation and, and kind of puts us down here on Earth. We're terrestrial beings. We're, we live on this Earth. We're subject to the laws of entropy and all of the decay and all the, all the degradation that can happen to our bodies. We're jars of clay, though. We're delicate, we're fragile, and and the the older I get, the more I see that. And the more I look around me at people who are struggling with that, too, the more I see that in them. But we, we see this, and we understand that we have this treasure within these earthen, weak vessels because God is to be glorified, because we're supposed to trust in God, not in us. The more I look around at my weak body, the more I trust in the Lord God, who has placed a, a more precious treasure within my heart. And that's where Paul talks about it in chapter 1 and verse 8. Paul refers to this reliance, this trust on God, and how weakness and trial really helps accentuate the fact that we should trust in God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. He's talking about something that they endured on their travels. We faced affliction. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. If 2020 can be summed up in any way, despairing of life itself. This verse seems to to help kind of connect with what we've been going through. Indeed. We felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Paul looked to his moment of weakness there in Asia. He thought he was going to die. He was, he, he, he was on death's door, and God delivered him. And so he sets his hope on God because he couldn't deliver himself. God delivered him. And that, that is what weakness does for us. But, but too often, and I think so often, we focus on the container itself. We focus on this life. We focus on this moment. We focus on being happy right now. And we miss the hope and the trust that we have in God sometimes when we focus so much on what is happening at this moment. I don't know about you, but my, my family hates to put store-bought containers on the dinner table. I don't know why. My, my, my in-laws will not put a Lando Lakes butter container on the nice, fancy table, because it's not fancy enough, right? So my, my father-in-law is tasked all the time with rolling out butter balls from the Lando Lakes container and putting them in a fancy dish. The butter is the same. You don't eat the container. (laughs) It's not about the container. It's about the butter inside. And in a a strange way, that's that's what we do sometimes. We focus on the container. We focus on prettying this up. And we try to put this in good order. And and don't mistake what I'm saying. We need to be holy in our body. We need to be pure. We need to make sure we're taking care of our, our bodies as a temple. Absolutely. But no matter how much focus and emphasis you put on this body, on this, this is going to die. This is going to decay. We cannot trust in this. We need to trust in the treasure within this. And that is something we need to remember, and that is what I have been trying to remember. Day by day, just remembering that my weakness helps me to trust in God. Because no amount of trusting in this will ever do any good. And so, are you trusting too much in your physical health? I know we've all been thinking about: Am I feeling good today? Do I have a temperature today? Can I breathe well today? You know, we've been we've been focused a lot on our own health lately, and that's good. That's fine. But as you think about your weakness, trust in the Lord. Trust in Him because no amount of prettying this up will really benefit us spiritually eternally at all. It's just not going to. So let's move on here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we'll see here that we need to find balance in weakness. In verse 8, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Paul starts to get vulnerable here, and he starts telling them about some of the issues that he's faced. But what I want us to understand, what I want us to see here is like a pendulum. We have this tendency sometimes to focus only on the negative things, especially when we're in the middle of it. It's called chain worrying. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you worry about one thing and that worry leads to another thing, and that worry leads to another thing, to the point where you're 20 worries deep and it's buried you, and I've been there, I know exactly what that is, that's what landed me in the hospital. Just worrying about worrying about worrying, and then it takes control. The pendulum can go so far that direction. But the pendulum can go too far the other direction too, where when somebody sits across the coffee shop table at you and says, how are you doing, you say, I'm fine everything's great. Really? Is everything great? Are we just, in some Pollyanna kind of way, ignoring the difficulties that that we are actually facing? And see, what Paul does here in verse eight and nine is he, he balances out the two sides of this. He says, yes, I'm afflicted. Yes, I'm perplexed. Yes, I'm persecuted. Yes, I am struck down. He acknowledges those issues but in every case, he talks about how he's not broken. It hasn't taken him down. I'm afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. In a job interview, you may sit across the table from, from an employer, a future employer, and they might might ask you, what are your weaknesses? What's the best answer that everybody always gives? Actually, it's the worst answer. What, what does everybody always say? I care too much. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, right? I work too hard. That's my biggest weakness. And sometimes that's what we do spiritually. We, we, we ignore what our actual weakness is and just kind of push that aside and focus on only good things and kind of make those seem like, like the big deal. But that's not what Paul does. He's vulnerable here. He talks about his issues. He talks openly about the things that he struggled with. And I think we need more vulnerability like this. When I open up to you about some of my issues, when you go through those issues, you know who you can talk to? You can talk to me. But you would never know that you can talk to me unless I opened up to you. And that's a two-way street that we do for each other. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to roll up here to the front row and talk about all their issues publicly to everybody. What I am saying is open up to people. Open up about your struggles. And open up about how you've gotten through those struggles with people because that's what Paul's doing here. There's a a verse here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 where Paul does this even more, in fact. And I'm just going to speed read it real quickly because I think Paul intended us for it to speed read this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman, with far greater, greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hand of Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and the day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in dangers of rivers, dangers of robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, and cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there's daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Now, I know Paul's point here is to try and and combat those who are questioning his apostleship. I get that. But now, for all time, Paul's weaknesses are on display. He has recorded for us, for all time, his weaknesses. And what does he say? I'll boast in those things. I'll boast in those weaknesses. So we need to find a balance. Don't just focus all of your time and attention on your weaknesses and the issues you have. See the good things that God continues to do through your weaknesses. And maybe just ask yourself, are you being vulnerable with people and opening up to them about the things that you're dealing with? This is a good year to do that because we've all experienced things, we've all gone through things, and so maybe sit across the table from someone, either virtually or in person, and check in with them. Say, how are you doing? And then share with them what's going on with you because that's a way that we can we can find a balance and we can really just bind together during this difficult time or any difficult time we might face in the future so let's continue on the last point here our weaknesses can build strength and they do build strength and that seems very counterintuitive to the way we usually think about weaknesses so let's read in second corinthians chapter 4 verse 10 always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Paul's always carrying around Jesus' death in his life. He's always carrying around the sufferings of Jesus. And if there's anything that we've been able to tell from our studies recently about the last week of Christ is that his enemies, his opponents, they thought they had won when they put Jesus on the cross and killed him. Didn't they? They looked at that and said, we won. He's weak and we're stronger than he is. But nobody took Jesus' life from him, did they? He willingly offered it. And so what on the surface looks like weakness was really strength the whole time. What looks like the world accomplishing its goal flipped on its head was the Lord God accomplishing his eternal goal. And that is what God can do in us. While we go through weakness, while we connect with the sufferings of Jesus, we also connect with his life. We connect with his resurrection, really, ultimately, is the big point of what Paul is talking about here. We, we can count on a time where even though we die, we will live. And that brings a lot of strength. That helps me get through those times where my body is just telling me I'm counting down, where my body is reminding me that I'm a vapor. I'm here for just a little while. And I can look and see that on the other side of that life, That life that raised Jesus from the dead, that we're studying about today. That power that raised Jesus from the dead will raise me too, if I'm found in him. And that is comforting. That brings strength. And not only does it bring me strength, but as Paul's talking about here in verse 12, so death is at work in us, but life in you. What was he able to do because of his sufferings and his weakness and his difficulty? He was able to bring life to the Corinthians. He was able to present them with that treasure, the gospel of Jesus Christ that God had shown into his heart. He presented that to the, to the Corinthian church, and they believed, and they lived because of it. And that's the power that we have with this treasure. We use it to share with people. We use it to encourage others. We use it to point other people to that hopeful scene in heaven, that we'll all experience if we follow him. That's strength and that's power. But really it comes down to where is our foundation? Where is our foundation? Kind of reminds me of the the way Jesus talked about the the wise man and the foolish man. And we sing the song, all the kids know the song. The wise man built his house where? On the rock. Foolish man built his house on the sand. Notice there, though, in both of those cases, that the storm blew and beat against that house. It, was, it looks like the same storm, right? It doesn't look like there was two different storms. It doesn't look like even that there were two different sets of building materials. It looked like everybody was focused on trying to make it through the storm. And what was the differentiator? It was the foundation. It was the foundation. And, and the importance here is something that we see in 2 Corinthians, again, chapter 12, going to the end, when, when Paul's talking about his thorn in the flesh, another weakness, another vulnerability that he shares. His thorn in the flesh, what did he do? He, he pleads three times with the Lord in verse 8 about this, that it should leave him. And in verse 9, the Lord says to him, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Notice what Jesus doesn't say. Your power is made perfect in weakness. No, that's not what he said. My power is made perfect in weakness. My power. And then Paul goes on to say, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamity. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's what we're talking about here. It's not our strength that that shines out through weakness. It's Christ's strength. It's the Lord God's strength. And that's that foundation. It's not about us. It's not about the building materials. It's not about the storms we're facing. It's about where's our foundation. Who are we anchored to? And I'll tell you, if you're so trusting in this, if you're just trusting in keeping this in good working order for a little while, you're missing the boat. We need to be trusting in the Lord God. And whatever happens, happens. And that's what Paul says. I'm I'm content with weakness. I'm content with hardships and sufferings and all the struggles of life. I'm okay with that. So long as the Lord's power is driving me, so long as he is my foundation and he is my rock. That's what we need to remember. That's what I need to remember, especially during times of, of concern and great anxiety and feeling like I'm, I'm weak and frail, like a jar of clay. But hopefully these things are helpful for you. I want to close here by looking at chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. He's saying all these things to to the church, really, and to us so that we don't lose heart. I know he's talking from sort of a vulnerable personal experience here, and you'll see that when you read this week. But notice here in chapter 5 in verse 1, he says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This body is a tent. Nobody lives in a tent permanently. Or at least they don't want to. Most people are looking for a permanent structure to live in. And the more we remember, the more we remind ourselves that that we're just here for a little while, we're just passing through as sojourners, and that this body is not our permanent, final dwelling place. As long as we can remember that, And as long as we can trust in God that he's prepared a home for us, a house not made with hands, as long as we can balance our difficulties and weaknesses, acknowledging them, yes, but not being overwhelmed by them, as long as we can find strength and foundation in Jesus Christ, then we can make it through. We can deal with our weakness. We We can make it through to that home eternal in the heavens. And that's where I want to be or I want you to be too. If you're not on a trajectory with the Lord, if you're not in a relationship with Him through His Son, you can make that right today. You can can start down that road. Commit yourself to the Lord. Give yourself to to following Him. Life is still going to be difficult. In fact, it may even be more difficult when you follow Jesus. You will be, be faced with persecution like Jesus was faced with. You will suffer for his name, absolutely. But again, with his power, with his foundation, with his direction and his guidance, you can be an unbroken vessel when you reach eternity. If you need to respond to the gospel call this morning, please come forward.